makeup. Welcome, dreamer. Whether you're still asleep, beginning to understand life is a dream, or fully lucid, Awaken to the Dream will help you wake up and begin to create the dream you want to have, rather than allowing outside influences to keep you asleep or even give you nightmares. Our focus is on waking up from the control system, shadow work and healing, awareness and presence, the nature of consciousness and reality, and spiritual alchemy. When you are lucid, anything is possible. Welcome back to Awaken to the Dream. Today I wanted to talk about different kinds of beings and entities and share some of the experiences that I've had throughout my life with these different kinds of beings. So we talk a lot about the human experience and we get a little bit human-centric a lot of the time. And a lot of my experience during my awakening and throughout my life and my past lives has been about this awareness, this expanded awareness of different kinds of beings and entities and dimensions and layers of reality. And the deeper we go into the rabbit hole, the weirder stuff gets. So I thought that I would just share some of my really strange experiences You can decide if you think I'm crazy or not. Your judgment is always welcome, and I would love to hear all of your thoughts on this. And if you have any experiences, come and join us in the Discord, or if you're in the Discord, let us know all of the weird experiences you've had too. So we'll start with the most basic, which I think that most people have had experience with, even if they don't really want to admit it to people, or even to themselves. And that's just experience with ghosts. So we're defining a ghost as a disincarnate human that's been trapped in the liminal, which we might say the astral. The astral realm is a little less dense than the physical, so they've left their physical body, but they haven't been able to transcend completely to the spiritual realm, and they're stuck in that weird liminal space in the astral which can manifest in the physical if they have enough energy and power to do so. There are different kinds of hauntings or different kinds of ghosts. We have ghosts that are intelligent. They have a sentience to them. They're aware that something is wrong, that they're trapped, that they don't want to leave. And you may see this in some activity where Perhaps a loved one is trying to reach out and so they're moving things throughout your house or they're trying to leave you messages, things like that. There are types of hauntings that are more like an energetic echo. You see these in different places where they have the same apparition appear at the same time every night and it does the same actions. So that's less a sentient ghost and more just an echo of someone's life. It's an energetic imprint. So if you tried to communicate with that ghost, it's unlikely you would get any response. The first type of ghost, you would get a response because they're trying to reach out and they're trying to give a message. We also have poltergeists, which are probably more along the lines of an astral parasite, but they can manifest in ghost type activity. And we see poltergeists 
are the types of ghosts that make a lot of noise and they try and scare you at night or maybe they do things to purposely annoy you like move chairs around or open all the cabinet doors or things like that. Poltergeists, from my experience, are fairly rare still, but they do tend to cause a lot of fear in people most times. I know my experience, which I'll share here in a minute, inspired a lot of fear in me at the time, so poltergeists can be somewhat frightening. You also have the types of ghosts that happen when you have a really, really traumatic event, say a mass murder in a house or something like that, where there are beings trapped there and they're usually trapped there by some kind of stronger, maybe demonic entity that caused the mass murder or that has come there because of that huge traumatic event. And it's interesting because when we visit these places as sort of like a tourist where we're like, oh, this place is haunted and they have these ghost tours and we want to go see these creepy places and we go and we get scared and then we go home and laugh about it. But when we're there and we're afraid of it and we're adding that mental and emotional fuel to it, that haunting actually gets stronger. And it's not the ghost that gets stronger, it's the entity that created that event or that's feeding off of that event is getting stronger. So my experiences with ghosts have varied widely. The The first memory I have of seeing an actual ghost was when we first moved to Minnesota when I was 12. And for some reason, we had three levels, and for some reason I was absolutely terrified to go down into the basement, even though it was a finished basement, had a lot of light, there was wasn't like a scary unfinished basement but I didn't like to go down there and right after we moved there I kept telling my mom that it smelled like sickness and I didn't I didn't have any good explanation other than that it just smelled like sickness and I still can't explain what that means but something was off and I went down there one time we had a fridge down there that we kept like sodas and stuff in so I ran down to grab a soda or something and we had, we called it the ante room, which was like a common room, and then there were two rooms on the left. One was my dad's office, and one was a guest bedroom, and I was supposed to go toward the right, which led into, we had a game room and the fridge, and my dad's office, as I passed, I saw a girl standing in the doorway. Her back was to me, and she had long blonde hair. She had a pink shirt and shorts. She was about my age, maybe a couple years younger, and she turned on the light, and the light actually came on. And so I did like one of those double takes of like, holy shit, what just happened? And then of course the light was off and the girl was gone. So I grabbed my soda and I bolted upstairs and I didn't go back down there for weeks. And it wasn't, you know, it wasn't aggressive. It wasn't anything weird. It was just something had happened that I didn't understand. My other direct experience with a ghost in the physical was sort of my thrust into mediumship in 2016. And it's really what kind of started my whole awakening process. I had just moved into my grandma's small home. It wasn't really a trailer, it was just a very small home. I had a couple of bedrooms and a kitchen and a living room and the laundry room and that was about it. And I, I had a lot of good childhood memories from there. It wasn't a scary place. I wasn't uncomfortable moving in there. Nobody had died there kind of thing. When I moved in there, I realized that there were some entities in there. I didn't have a really good grasp. I was still really closed off. I had spent most of my 
teenage years and 20s shutting everything off. So by the time I hit, you know, that was around when I turned 30, most of my abilities had been shut off. But this was a very loud presence and it would make a lot of noise at night. It sounded like it was banging on the washing machines and banging on the furnace and everything seemed to be centered around the laundry room. And I was was terrified to go to sleep. I had a young son at the time and I was just terrified to go to sleep. And so that's when I started getting online and researching ghosts and mediumship and how to get rid of these things. And that set me off on a whole new path into mediumship and meeting my very first spirit guide who served as a guardian for me for a long time. So many people have had experience with ghosts. There are, like I said, many different kinds of hauntings. Some types of hauntings are just you go into a place and you know that there's something not right and you may not experience an entity physically or visually or anything like that, but you just know that there's some kind of presence there and you don't want to be there. And it doesn't even have to be that the entity or the presence is malevolent, but sometimes when we encounter something that we don't know or understand, it manifests as fear. So trust your instincts. I will get into my experience with a really dark malevolent entity toward the end of the episode. Trust your instincts, but also do a lot of reflection and learning from the experience so that if something occurs again, you may be able to approach it with a little more curiosity rather than fear, because not all of the unknown is malevolent. So after I started going expansion and getting in tune with my intuition and exploring some of my psychic gifts. I manifested the hell out of a retreat that I really wanted to go to, to hear Liz Gilbert speak. Elizabeth Gilbert wrote Eat, Pray, Love, as well as some other really amazing books. And at the time, I really resonated with her and I really wanted to go hear her speak at this retreat. And it was in Fiji. So I manifested the hell out of going to Fiji and I got to meet her. It was really amazing. But While I was there, I had a very, very intense experience, several experiences in the cabin that I was staying in at this resort. I was absolutely certain that I was losing my mind because at night there was this presence and it would stalk back and forth from the front of my cabin to the back of my cabin, from the front of my cabin to the back of the cabin all night long. And it was angry. It just oozed this anger And I could see it in my mind's eye. It was a man with a shark's head. And I was like, what? What is this? I I don't understand what's going on. And at the same time, I was also having my very first experience with astral rape and astral sexual assault type things. That happened there too. So there was a lot of really weird energy in that area. And it's not that it was anything against Fiji, but I was at a very low vibrational state during that retreat, so these things targeted me because of that. So when I got home, I was researching some of the things about Fiji, and I ended up looking up what this man with a shark's head could mean. And they actually have a demigod there whose name is Daku Waka. Please excuse the pronunciation, I don't speak Fijian, but Daku Waka is a Fijian demigod that protects the sea, fishermen, and different various islands. And this anger that I had gotten, I realized, was this sense of 
the people there had sort of abandoned a lot of their traditions and a lot of their ways and a lot of honoring these old gods. And these these gods had started to get very trapped in these places. And I got this sense that he was trapped on this island and he, he couldn't leave for some reason. And so he was just angry. And so it was really interesting look at a different kind of being. And I call this type of being nature spirits because they're an embodiment of some kind of natural phenomenon, whether it's an element or a life form like a tree or something like a storm or something like that. It's a natural phenomenon that they are an embodiment of and they vary widely in their personifications. Another experience I've had was fairly recently, I think it was back in February, where I had a really interesting experience with a friend, but it ended up that his cat had passed away. And we were spending some time in the back of his property, and he felt really called to be back there, and he didn't really know why. So I was trying to get a sense of the land, and we, we didn't yet know that his cat had passed away. But while we were hanging out back there, I kind of laid down on the ground for a minute. And I was like, why are we here? What is the land trying to tell us? And I saw this, it was a blue flame. That's, that's the best I can explain it. It was just a small blue flame, not in the physical. It was in my mind's eye and in this dark realm. It was just darkness and then this blue flame. And I didn't really know what it meant, so we just I just let it pass. And later we found out that his cat had passed away. So when I tuned back into that blue flame, then yes, I could see his cat within that blue flame. And that was like the spirit of his cat. And it was waiting for him to kind of say goodbye. So these ideas that we, we see in the media and we see in popular culture of these different embodiments, whether that be a face in a tree, like in, think of like in Pocahontas where they have the grandmother willow tree and it has a face in the tree, that's the spirit of the tree. And you can sometimes see the faces in the rocks and the trees and like a piece of wood. All of these spirits can be seen in the embodiment and in the physical if we look close enough. Another type of being that. I think is talked about a lot in the spiritual world is the idea of spirits. We think of spirit guides, spirit guardians, and these are benevolent guiding and supporting beings. They can be an archetypical representation of something such as a spirit animal like the tiger or the owl, which are two of mine. They can be a representation like Rose. Rose is a spirit. And every rose that we see in the physical is a manifestation of that spirit. Just like every tiger we see is a manifestation of the tiger spirit and the tiger energy. And we can use these things. We can use that energy and that frequency that they provide for things like magic, every time we cast a spell and we add this herb or use that crystal or whatever, we're using the energy of that spirit. And that's why the more of a relationship you have with this type of spirit, the more time you spend getting to know the spirit of Rose or the spirit of the tiger, the more powerful your magic can truly be. If you just use a random herb because somebody tells you to and you throw in this crystal because that website told you to, it's sort of like going up to a stranger in the street and saying, hey, yo, can you help me with this favor? 
I mean, they might if it's not too big of a deal, but if you're asking them for something really big, they're going to be like, uh, who are you? So the more you have a relationship with these spirits, the more powerful your connection and the more likely they are to be a friend who is helping you. These spirits often live or exist within a higher spiritual plane. And some of these we have the names of. We have Avalon. We have the name of Avalon. We have Shambhala. We have Lemuria. These are places we can visit when we're in the right frequency and we're in the right state of mind. I have been to Avalon and I have been to Shambhala. I go to Shambhala frequently because I have a guide there that I go and he gives me the most profound wisdom. I'll talk about him in just a minute, but these places, they're real if you are willing to open your mind to access them. I've not been to Lemuria. I feel like I have a little bit of wounding there that I still need to deal with before I'll be able to go there. And there are more. There are many different realms that we can access with the right frequency and state of mind and all of that. Some of the guides that I have met and work with extensively would be Mary Magdalene. I have a very close relationship with Mary Magdalene. She is very closely tied to the Rose Spirit, and so that's why oftentimes we call her lineage the lineage of the Rose. And a lot of the lineages that are coming back in the Western culture, especially through women, are her lineage, and we're often called back to her through the Rose. So we have the Eastern lineages of the Zen and the Buddhism, and we have the lineages that come from South America through the lineages of ayahuasca and the the traditional teachings there, the shamanism. And we have the Native American lineages here in the Americas and other indigenous areas. And a lot of the lineage for the West has been erased. There's a lineage that comes from the Norse shamans and the Sami people. The Sami also go into Russia. I'm not saying it's just Norway, but there's the Sami people, there's a lineage there, and that lineage was all but decimated. And I have some lineage there, but accessing that knowledge is extremely difficult. But a lot of the lineage is coming through um, Mary Magdalene and some of the teachings of Jesus and all of that. That's that lineage that we're trying to reclaim because it has been so distorted. That was total side note. (laughs) Other guides I've met, Jesus, I have a very close relationship with the Christ consciousness, however you want to say it. It personifies as Jesus for me, but it's the Christ consciousness. I've worked with Krishna, which is very closely, if not the same as the Christ consciousness. The guide that I see in Shambhala is Lao Tzu. He uses a different name. He introduced himself differently to me. I think that there's there's different names in some of these realms. I've met Eckhart Tolle in the spiritual realm, and no, he doesn't go by Eckhart Tolle there, but that's, I've met him even though he's still alive. The Buddha, Richard Bach, who is an author that I absolutely love, he cracks me up because every time I see him, he's wearing like this leather bomber jacket, and at first I didn't know who he was, and it's only recently that I realized it was him, but I've met Isis, the goddess Isis, I've met Kali, and Kali's embodiment as the Durga, who is a demon huntress. I've studied with Hathor. I've worked closely with the spirit of Ayahuasca, who is an embodiment of Gaia, the Mother Earth. And of course, Rose, and I've worked with the spirit of Cacao. And I've met briefly Lakshmi, who was embodied in a friend 
at the ayahuasca retreat that I attended. And it was very powerful to see Lakshmi in her. Like, totally blew my mind that night, but very cool. All right, so moving on to aliens. Aliens is a really big topic, and a lot of people have had a lot of experiences with this, and we're only just now coming out with sharing our experiences because we're feeling more comfortable not feeling totally insane. Even now, like sharing my experience about seeing ghosts and seeing nature spirits, it's taken me a very long time to be so comfortable talking about these things. And again, you can think I'm totally batshit crazy. I'm to the point where I don't care. I know what I've experienced and that's that. So I have not experienced aliens in the physical. I think that there are physical aliens. I think that there absolutely are UFOs and all of this. I've just never had that experience in the physical. That being said, I have met aliens in the astral and some of them, some of them appear, maybe I have met them in the physical. I'm I'm having to totally (laughs) rethink how I'm viewing this. So let me start with the reptilian that I met. I had a reptilian appear in my bedroom one time. This was about a year and a half ago. And it wasn't fully embodied. It was a reptilian shape and it was very clearly what it was, but it was very see-through. There was no color to it. It was almost like when you see heat waves rise up from the ground or something, it was just energy. And uh, he was sort of a guard who came and demanded that I was going to meet these other people in the astral. It was really long, strange night. But so yeah, that was a physical instance, I suppose. I also had a very physical instance of, I would say that this was an activation. And these beings appeared as aliens. This is probably my weirdest story. These beings appeared as aliens at the time. That was that was how they were embodied. But I'm not entirely sure that they were aliens. It was more of, that was just a form they took. But anyway, so I was laying in bed one night. And I woke up, like I was fully awake. I had turned over and I was awake for some reason. Just one of those, you're pulled right out of sleep, just like instantly. And I saw these two alien beings walking through my bedroom wall, like totally went through the wall. They were about seven foot tall, six or seven foot tall. And they were masculine, two masculine beings. Had very long necks, almost like very classic E.T., like the movie, and the kind of rectangular heads and big black eyes. They didn't have the pointed chin like you'd think of with a gray. It was very rectangular. And on their necks, they had these stacks of silver rings, and they were bare-chested, but they had this sort of robe thing down their torso, and they had very long fingers and were very lanky and all of that so they came through they walked around my bed and out the wall on the other side of my room and then they came through again the first side of my room and they had a third one with them and this one was feminine and she seemed like she was the one who wanted to be there she was almost this sort of nobility kind of feeling like a leader And the other two were her guards. That was the sense that I got. And she had on a long white robe and a headdress of some sort. That's that's a little vague in my mind. I can't remember exactly what that looked like. But she came. They came around my bed again. And so they were right in front of me. She said, I'm looking for my sister. She came here a very long time ago and has gotten lost and doesn't want to be found. 
I said, to find somebody across the entire world would take the most powerful psychic in the world. And this being nodded, like she knew that was the answer. And they went through the wall and disappeared. And I was was not uncomfortable during the process. It was almost like scripted. Like she said her thing and I said my thing and that was it. That was that was the whole thing. And when I got up the next morning, I had all of these phrases and words and terms in my mind of interdimensional beings, even though I had no idea that that was like a thing. It never really occurred to me to call them aliens. It was interdimensional beings. I called them the watchers too which is a very fascinating rabbit hole, which I think is wildly misunderstood as well. And I just started writing about it, and I started researching it, and I couldn't really come up with any good answers. And this was in probably 2017, 2018, long before all of this stuff became really mainstream. You couldn't really just go online and search for interdimensional beings and come up with anything helpful. So those were the two, I guess you could say, physical experiences I've had with aliens. I've also had a lot of astral abduction where I'm pulled out of my body, my subtle body is pulled out of my body and I've gone into a sort of spaceship and there were these two beings that had shape-shifted into something. I couldn't recognize their actual form and I was looking around like, whoa, what is this place? Very aware and curious and then they were like, dude, she's still awake. And so then they told me to sleep and everything blocked out from there. But I've had a lot of astral assaults, just energetic assault. I've had a lot of astral rape, sleep paralysis, beings coming around and just being weird and creepy to elicit fear. The astral bullies are fairly easy to get rid of. In my experience, you just have to tell them I don't consent to anything. You need to leave now tell them no. At least that's been my experience. The last entity I want to talk about that I've had experience with recently, and I've made some posts about this if you checked out my blog and all of that, is the experience I had with a being that I would truly call demonic. And I don't want to go too in detail about the actual circumstances, but I I wanted to explain how this operated. So, I was visiting a friend, and I've been to this person's house before, and I, you know, it wasn't anything new, but I've recently been sensitizing myself a lot. I've got attuned to Reiki 1 and 2, I've been doing plant dietas, and so I was really, really sensitive at the time. And I got there, and I was there, well, half an hour, 45 minutes, and all of a sudden, there was this entity that was very aggressive and I started to get really uncomfortable and I was kind of pushing it off because it was just trying to scare me and at the same time this big thunderstorm was rolling in so there was just this impending doom feeling so we decided we were going to rest for a while so we went and we were chilling and I felt this was actually a separate entity so the, the first one that I felt was sort of this black cloud, pushy kind of energy. I don't, I don't know how to explain it well, but the second entity was the one that truly, truly felt demonic. And it started out with this feeling like something was crawling up my legs, like this 
entity and there were these really long fingers and I could see in my mind's eye like it's browning crinkled and distorted skin and the bald head and the weird big eyes and the big gnash of a mouth and the long teeth and it was just like this fresh meat kind of feeling and so I kind of pushed it off and I got up and I went back outside to just try and breathe and I was hanging out with they had some cats and so I was petting the cats and I realized I was hyperventilating or I was breathing really hard like I was really anxious and I realized I was probably gonna have a panic attack which was really strange because I don't have a lot of anxiety I don't have panic attacks in general anymore so I went back in and there was just this feeling of I have to get out of here I gotta I've got to get out of here I need to run like my mind shut off and it was purely animal survival instinct and there was no external validation for what I was feeling really but all I could think of was I have to get out of here it was very profound and it wasn't a panic attack because the physical response wasn't like sitting and and worrying and being stressed it was absolutely fight or flight but flight was just I need to get out of here. It was literally pure terror in my mind, existential terror, mortal terror. So I, I had been there less than two hours, but I literally just packed my stuff up and left. I felt very weird and guilty about the way that I left it, but there was, there was no other option in that moment because the malevolent presence and the truly evil of that situation, I just knew that there was just a danger there that I couldn't quite express. And so in situations like that, you really have to honor your instinct. I can't even say it was intuition. It was just pure animal instinct of there's a danger here that I don't understand and I need to get away from it. Of course, upon reflection, because you can't just leave it at that. And and actually, it was very traumatic. It took me about three days to work through the trauma, because I was having flashbacks, I was having nightmares, I was, well, I'm still sleeping with a light on, but <laughs> I, I really, it was very traumatic, and I, it took until a couple of days later when I had a session with one of my mentors to work through some of that trauma and to pull my power back to myself until I could really relax again. And even now, like this past week, I made a blog post on Friday, I talked about possession and and this past week I've really had almost like an attempt at possession by whatever it was that was there and I don't think it actually followed me but it caused a fracture in my consciousness that it was trying to push its way into and so it's really really fascinating how all this stuff works but you have to be very very careful when you have these kinds of experiences that you don't let something in that you don't want in. So that was a long episode. Thank you for listening. Those have been most of my experiences. I've had the big experiences. There's lots of little things that happen all the time, but those are the big experiences. Again, I would love for you to come onto the Discord and share all of your experiences. I think you can comment on the podcast if you come to awakentothedream.com and go into the podcast episode. I think you can comment on there if you don't want to join the Discord. Or you can find me on Reddit, of course. But these experiences are 
they're real. They're not something that we just made up. We may not be able to explain them yet. And they can be terrifying because we don't really know what's happening, especially in the moment. But if you have stories, share them. Because I think we all have stories. We're just afraid to share them. And we try to ignore them because we can't make sense of them. So stay safe and stay sovereign. Please be sure to subscribe for posts and podcast updates and consider a paid subscription for $5 a month to keep the podcast ad-free and to cover the costs of running Awake into the Dream. New posts come out Thursdays and podcasts on Mondays. Make sure you join the Discord community. The link is available on the website at awakentothedream.com. Let them dream a little longer.